This is Defender Radio. Defender Radio is brought to you by Gates Wildlife Control and the Association for the Protection of Fur-Bearing Animals. It's the week of February 3rd, 2014, and this is Michael Howie bringing you episode 118 of Defender Radio. This week, we're taking a look at a single incident which has captured the eyes of the world. A wolf whose leg was caught and nearly severed by legal snare in northern Ontario. Defender Radio Special Report Last week, Paula Tuff, a resident in a small town about 40 minutes north of Huntsville and bordering Algonquin Park, came across a wolf who was severely injured in a snare. While many others passed by and did nothing, Paula refused to give up. She ran home and got supplies to free and transport the female wolf and assisted in getting her into the care of Aspen Valley Wildlife Sanctuary. The story first came to light in a local paper. When APFA was contacted by Paula, we posted a blog. That blog has now been read thousands of times and shared around the world. This incident is another unfortunate tale illustrating too clearly that trapping in Canada is not humane that trapping in Canada is not accepted by the masses, and that no matter how much the price of pelts may rise, Canadians will not stand idly by. Paula, a registered nurse and mother, joins us now to share her harrowing tale. What was your knowledge of trapping prior to the incident? I I can't believe that they still trap like they do using snares, using restraint-type things, using leg holds. I thought uh, the leg holds were banned a long time ago, so I came across a snare a year or so ago walking my dogs and, like, was shocked and started doing some investigation and, uh, um, you know, turns out it's very legal, it's very common, and and it's, it's right, it's very accessible. It's right off trails you would walk, you know, in Crown Land or or whatever. It's right there, like feet from the trail. How did you find the wolf? We were um, trying to, we're trying to learn how to skijor. So with the dogs, right? Ski with dogs. And uh, so having lots of snow now, we went down this little local trail, uh, snowmobile trail, it's a groom trail. And um, one of the dogs went crazy, started like crying and pulling to the side and and uh, thought something was going on. So uh, I went ahead and sure enough saw this little wolf in the snare there, right? Just like 10 feet from the trail. What was your reaction when you saw that? Well, you're, you're horrified, right? And thinking, you know... Well, first you can't believe it's sitting there, and you're like, "What's it doing there? Is something wrong with it?" Then you realize it's it's caught, and uh, so uh, I was with a friend who doesn't want to be mentioned, and um, they went back with the dogs to the car, and I carry wire cutters with me because of seeing that snare a year or so ago. I've always because I'm out in the bush a lot, and I have dogs with me a lot, and I can be honest with you, they're not always on leashes. But though I, more often now that we have uh, come across the snare, I mean, there's certain times of years I know when they 
they do snare it's this time of year, right? So they're always on leash then. But very, it could very easily be somebody's dog or your dog in in these snares. They're they're so accessible, right? And uh, I took the wire cutters and you know went up to try and figure out what I could do about it, and thinking to myself, if I look at well, her leg was so damaged, you could see that the snare had tightened. Like and cut like cut right through. It looked to me like it was nearly to bone. The snare on her back leg. So I'm thinking, if I cut this wire and she leaves like that, what's going to happen to her? You know, she could get infection. You know, infection in the bone. You can't let her go like that. And and then I'm, you know, so I'm trying to debate what to do. And there was a piece of a wire on another tree, and I tried to cut it with my my wire cutters and realized I didn't have the strength or the cutters weren't good enough to cut it. So I thought, okay, I can't do that. And you're standing there and she's looking at me, I'm looking at her and thinking, you know, what am I going to do here? This is like a horrific experience. And, um, but I can't walk away. I can't leave her like that. I can't leave this creature suffering in the bush and we've had such horrible cold weather and Anyway, so snowmobilers were coming by, and I tried to wave them down, and most of them just fly by, and a couple slow down, kind of look at me, looked at the wolf, and kept going. So I thought, okay, that's not going to you know, work, and I thought, okay, I have to do this right. I can't just try and cut her loose. Um, she's going to go off and suffer further, so I need to... Um, make sure that uh, she's taken care of. So I, I, I left, I went back out to the car, drove home, I got my son and a crate and blankets and better wire cutters and went back there and we, we uh, got her out and I called the wildlife sanctuary on the way and they met me and they took her. How was she behaving as you approached? Very docile, actually. Okay, there's there's two things. One, she's probably exhausted because from the evidence of the surroundings, she'd been there for a long time. There were all kinds of little trees chewed apart. There was, um, like, the whole area stirred up. There was stool there from her, like, that had, you know, gone. You could see there's several piles, and it, was, it had gone from a solid normal to black tar, from the stress she'd been in, right? When we were trying to figure out how to negotiate this around the, the crate and things, she just went to the end of the snare and just laid there and watched us. Um, so we set up the the, uh, the crate right beside the tree that the wire was attached to, and you know I had a blanket in there, and I put a blanket over the crate, and then I put a rope through the crate, and then we just looped it around her head. And she really hardly resisted. At one point, she kind of snarled, and then she just gave up. And um, I was able to just sort of gently tug her towards the crate and keeping it firm enough that she couldn't really swing her head back. And, and um, my son and the person doesn't want to be named uh, gave her a little nudge and from behind just kind of scooped her into the crate. And then we cut the wire, closed the door, and uh, took her out on a toboggan. You're obviously an animal lover. You've got dogs. You've got family. 
When you see an animal like this and you recognized what was happening, what were the emotions going through you? Well, it breaks my heart. It, it breaks my heart that we can treat other creatures that we share this planet with, like underlined share, that we can treat them like that, that we have the right to take away their life for something as trivial as, you know, a $20 fur or, or for vanity. It, it just breaks my heart. You know, she's, she's not hurting anybody. She's just living her life. And as it is now, she's probably going to lose her leg. What right do we have to do that to another living creature on this planet? You know, whatever your opinion is of hunting, trapping, um, any of that, whatever your opinion is of that, surely to God you must accept that we have to be kind and we can't be cruel and torture other things. There has to be, if this has to happen, there has to be a better way. There's no way that that is humane. Based on what you saw, this wolf in a snare, could you accept that, as we're told by the Agreement on International Humane Trapping Standards, this trap is humane? No way. There's no way. I don't know how they can test these standards. You have animals and individual situations with individual ways of behaving, individual personalities, any type of trap, snare that restrains an animal for any length of time is causing distress. They will fight. They don't want to be trapped. They're looking to be free. They will fight. They will twist. They will pull. And I know that, you know, I came across this one but there's thousands out there that are probably going through this. How do they regulate that? You're supposed to, apparently you're supposed to check um, the leg restraint type traps or traps that will catch animals by the leg and hold them. You're supposed to check that daily. Who's regulating that? All we do is cut back all the front line, all these people who are supposed to be out there regulating, um, making sure that things are done properly. You know, and we pad up the administrative level. So, if you know, you've got one conservation officer for a huge area. How is he che checking all these traps and making sure that it's done properly, or what they call properly? According to the sanctuary, this wolf may have been in the trap for as long as 72 hours. What's your reaction to that? Well, I think that's the minimum that she was likely in there. Uh, just, again, from the evidence of the surroundings and the, you know, the amount of stool that was there. I, you know, I think that uh, it's unacceptable, whether it's 24 hours, 23 hours, 10 hours, you know, four days. It's unacceptable. That animal is suffering every minute, every second of that time. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. You're listening to Defender Radio. First, they tear a hole in your roof. Then they get in, destroying your insulation, chewing your electrical wiring. Raccoons and squirrels are eating away at your biggest investment, your home. I am Brad Gates of Gates Wildlife Control. Don't wait any longer. Call Gates Wildlife Control. 
will humanely get them out and keep them out. We will come to your house and provide you with a no-obligation free estimate. Please visit us at gateswildlifecontrol.com or call 416-750-9453. After a night out with your friends, there are always options for getting home safely. You could call your BFF, take a cab, or maybe you'll grab the last bus. Now there's a smartphone app to help you choose your ride. Find out more at arrivealive.org. Every year, dogs, cats, endangered species, and even people are caught in cruel leg hold, conibear, and other body gripping traps across Canada. Who will speak out for these innocent victims of an outdated industry? We will. I'm Leslie Fox, Executive Director of the Association for the Protection of Fur-Bearing Animals. With your support, we can bring an end to the needless and painful deaths of hundreds of thousands of animals. Become a member today at FurBearerDefenders.com to find out how you can give hope for our fur-bearing friends. This is Defender Radio. We're back with Paula Tuff the brave woman who found, freed, and ultimately helped save the life of an innocent wolf caught in a snare outside of Algonquin Park in Ontario. As someone who lives in northern Ontario and is likely surrounded by trappers, how do you think we should approach the subject of trapping for financial gain? You know, I think there's other ways. I mean, it, it, it was one of the other arguments is that it's always been it's always done it's part of our heritage you know well a lot of things in history were done you know for a long time and it doesn't necessarily mean it's right we have to change we have to progress based on your research into trapping are you surprised at what the current regulations are yeah totally shocked to me, it's it's very lax, and like I said, I don't think it's properly enforced. I don't think they have the manpower to do that. What would you like to see happen? Do you think we should ban trapping, or maybe just take a step back and look at this in a pragmatic way? Well, I think that uh, any snare or type of trap that restrains an animal that is not definitely quick kill, which these are definitely not, um, should be banned. In your conversations with people, how many were surprised to learn that a lot of these traps are legal, including leg holds and snares? Uh, everybody, everybody I've talked to is shocked. You know, nobody thought that that was still going on or that type of device was being used. Um, in my circle of friends or people that I've talked to or, or people that I've emailed or um, communicated with through Facebook. What would you do if you came across this situation again with the knowledge that it can be illegal to interfere with a trap line? I would do the same thing. You can't put something in front of me, whether it be, you know, human or animal, that's suffering, that's in distress and have me not want to do something to try and help it. I would do exactly the same thing. Are you planning on pursuing this at a local level? I'm yeah, I'm taking it all the way. I'm going as far as I can go with it. I think it 
should be um, municipalities. I think it should be provincially, and I think it should be federally. Well, I mean, it should be globally, but, you know, as a Canadian, I can only so far go that, you know, go that far. I can only go that far at this point. Paula, on behalf of the APFA Board of Directors and staff, our tens of thousands of members and supporters, and the millions of animal lovers across Canada and the world, I want to thank you for your actions. Not only did you save the life of this beautiful wolf, you have set an example. You have acted as a true Canadian would. You put yourself out there to free a soul in pain without fear of consequence. You are standing tall for change, for a better Canada. You are our hero. At the time of this recording, the female wolf remains in the care of Aspen Valley Wildlife Sanctuary, who is hoping that with time and treatment, she will be successfully released and reunited with her pack. Anyone who is interested in learning more about trapping in Canada, APFA's mission and resources, or how to get involved can visit us at furbearerdefenders.com. This is Michael Howie on behalf of APFA and Defender Radio with the support of Gates Wildlife Control, reminding you to stay informed and stay strong.